You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Warriors. I'm Wes Goldberg, the host of this program, the writer for the Mercury News. Thanks so much for joining us today here on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Moment segment coming up later in the episode. What do we have for you today? Well, we are going to do a mock draft for picks 1 through 14. As you can see on the screen here next to me, we're going to go through the lottery on the morning after the lottery. The Warriors, of course, were awarded the 7th and 14th overall picks. You could find my reaction to those picks and a more complete view of what exactly Golden State can do with those picks on my show from last night, from Tuesday night. But today, we're just going to focus on the mock draft. Going to take you through picks 1 through 14. We'll start at the top, of course, with Detroit, because that's how mock drafts are done. Let's go over here. And we're going to be using the ESPN big board and then going with the draft order. Uh, and I think the number one pick is going to be pretty clear. The Pistons are the winners of this draft because they get Cade Cunningham. And Cade Cunningham is a generational type of talent, right? This is a guy at six foot eight who plays point guard, right? Great playmaking skills, can make open shots, great feel for the game. Uh, defensively, extremely versatile, can guard different positions. And if you're the Pistons, he... Well, first of all, Cunningham can fit with anybody. And if you're the Pistons, he's a natural fit next to Killian Hayes, next to Jeremy Grant. He takes a little bit of pressure off of Hayes. Hayes doesn't have to be the engine of that entire offense. And then for Grant, a guy like Cunningham is just going to make his scoring life easier, and then Grant is going to be able to be as good as he can be defensively. So I love this fit for Detroit in particular. I think for Cunningham, it's a good enough fit, right? He is the franchise type of player that you try to get. I don't know that he's quite Zion or Luka, but he is a floor raiser, right? They're, he's not going to be a bad NBA player. He's just not. And for the Pistons, it's an easy selection here at number one. So we keep going to Houston here at number two. Uh, most, most people, most draft experts have a pretty clear top two in this draft that consists of Cunningham and then... Evan Mobley, the center out of USC. Think Chris Bosh, right? He's also gotten uh, comps to Anthony Davis, to Christian Wood, who Houston, of course, has at center. But despite them already having Christian Wood at center, I think Mobley is versatile enough. He's uh, he's light on his feet. He can uh, put the ball on the floor, hit open threes. He can rebound despite a small frame. He's like 220 pounds, 215 pounds, but... Still averaged almost nine rebounds per game last year for USC. Um, there are some people who would take Mobley. I mean, there's not a lot of teams that I think should take Mobley at number one, but there are a few that should take Mobley at number one. For example, if if Charlotte somehow jumped all the way up to number one, I would have considered Mobley for if I were them. But here for Houston, they I, I think you could play Mobley and Christian Wood. I mean, the Rockets need everything. I don't think that they really should be in the... Uh, draft for need game right now. Just take the best player available. And that most certainly is Evan Mobley. But even despite that, I think him, a front court of him and Christian, work, uh, Christian Wood could not only work, but it could thrive and kind of give them a foundation for some of these other guys. Remember, they still have John Wall there, right? Probably He's probably not going any, 
anywhere anytime soon. So you can have Wall playing point guard, playing up, going up tempo with Mobley and Wood running the floor. And now the Rockets can at least have an identity, uh, an identity of being an oversized team, at least in the front court. So Houston takes Mobley there at number two. Let's move on to Cleveland. And I think this is where the draft gets interesting because they don't really need any of the guards left on the board, Jalen Green and Jalen Suggs. And that's those are the next top players in this draft. They could reach for Jonathan Kaminga. They could reach for Scotty Barnes if they wanted to try to fill in some forward spots. Of course, they took Isaac Okoro last year, but I think they would prefer to trade down or trade out of this pick altogether. So the Cavs, they, they've got Colin Sexton. They've got Darius Garland, who they've taken the last couple of years in the first round. And they seem committed, right, to that Sexton backcourt. I, I think Jalen Green could work. He's six foot five. Those guys are closer to six one. So at least from a size standpoint and athleticism standpoint, Jalen Green can work. He can come off the bench, be a scorer for them right away. But I think the Cavs would prefer to trade back. We're not going to mess around with trades, but we will discuss what kind of teams, what kind of trades could happen. If the Warriors really wanted to move up to Cleveland here at number three, and I said last night in my post-lottery show that I don't think that number three would be an option for the Warriors, but um, because you know Adrian Wojnarowski on ESPN before the lottery said that Cleveland would be very interested in moving this pick for more immediate help. Now, I don't know what immediate help that they could get for the third overall pick. Maybe they could. They could package Larry Nance. They could package Kevin Love. They could do something to get immediate contributor. I don't think Andrew Wiggins is enough for the Cavaliers to pull the trigger on that. Um, and I don't think the Warriors would want to do that. I think they like Andrew Wiggins. I don't think they value anybody enough at three to get off of a player who is really productive and was a good fit for them. So I think uh, I think Cleveland takes Jalen Green here or whatever team ends up here at number three takes Jalen Green. I don't think that the Warriors... Uh, even though they can offer pick seven and fourteen, I think for the Cavs, maybe they'd be interested in whoever falls to seven and fourteen. Um, I wouldn't rule it out, but I think the Cavaliers might try to do something else. Either way, I think Jalen Green goes here at number three. Unless the Warriors move up here, I think Jalen Green could absolutely go to them. They like the Warriors do. They like Jalen Green a lot. I think Jalen Suggs could also be in the discussion. If it were me. I would take Jalen Suggs. I think that would be a home run. And I think if I'm Bob Myers and Cleveland's on the clock here at number three, if I'm Bob Myers, I'm calling up the Cavs. I'm, call, I'm calling up uh, Kobe Altman. I'm saying, hey, 7-14 and 14 to 3. And if the Cavs say yes, I do it. All right? Bob Myers, I know he said, hey, two bites at the apple, whatever. You get two swings, that's good. Give me one of the top three guys in this draft. No doubt. And if I can get my hands on Jalen Suggs, he can walk in, play with Steph and Clay right away because he's versatile enough defensively. He's a competitor, great playmaker, great instincts, great decision maker. It's just things work when Jalen Suggs is on the court. Um, I think he's a perfect fit for a team that's trying to win sooner rather than later, like Golden State. Uh, but that keeps him on the board for Toronto. And Toronto, like Golden State, is a team that's trying to win sooner rather than later. Whether or not Kyle Lowry sticks around or not as an unrestricted free agent, Jalen Suggs can either learn from Kyle Lowry or replace Kyle Lowry. And then if you're the Raptors, you end up getting a nice core of Jalen Suggs, Fred Van Vliet, OG Anunoby, and Pascal Siakam. That's a young group that you could build around, and things suddenly look up for the Raptors, who, if the Pistons were the winners of this draft, then the Raptors were the runner-up, moving up three spots from seven to four. And three spots in any draft 
might not seem like a lot, but in this draft, it most certainly is because there is such a clear top four in this draft. We will get to Orlando at number five and then the, the, the Warriors at number seven coming up next. But first, it's time for the Michelob Ultra moment of the week. We've all been there, the feeling after a great win or after you've nailed a presentation at work, or maybe you've just gotten back from your first run in months and you're exhausted, sweaty, and proud. If It's these little moments that define our days, and what better way to celebrate them than with a Michelob Ultra because they know that enjoying these moments is the key to happiness. Uh, and this week's moment, Michelob Ultra moment, it's a draft lottery, right? It's that, it's that moment where if you're the Warriors, Maybe you weren't, if you're a Warriors fan, totally psyched to see that the, the, the Warriors logo come out of that envelope at 14. But that was expected. 98% chance that that was happening. I'm telling you, it's a blessing that the Warriors ended up with the seventh pick, right? I know, I know everybody wanted to move up to four and all this stuff, but let's remember, last year, the Warriors had the number one slot in the lottery and moved down to number two. If you look back in Warriors history, they have a tendency to move down, not up. I mean, things could have been much worse if you were the Warriors, right? I mean, that that Minnesota pick could have fallen all the way to 9 or 10. And then all of a sudden, you're not in position to take this next tier of guys that we're about to talk about. Instead, you're looking at basically two picks that are at the same value as the 14th pick. And I think the 14th pick, you're going to get good value out of that, but not nearly the same value that you would get out of a top seven pick. Okay, no, it's not the fourth overall pick, and they don't have the first overall pick. But the seventh pick in this draft, they're going to get a good player there. So that's the Ultra Moment of the Week. Go check out tons of other exciting Ultra Moments with the hashtag Ultra Moment. Michelob Ultra, 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. All right, moving on with our mock draft. The Magic here at number five. Take Jonathan Kuminga, the G League Ignite forward. Kind of a raw prospect, but I think he's a perfect fit for Orlando because the Magic are rebuilding, right? This is why Steve Clifford decided to walk away because he didn't want to be part of that rebuilding situation. And the magic with Jonathan Isaac, with Markel Fultz, right? With uh, Mo Bamba still there. They've kind of got all the other positions addressed at least a little bit. R.J. Barrett they got. Uh, I'm, not, I'm sorry, not R.J. Barrett. R.J. Hampton. But Kaminga, as an oversized small forward slash kind of power forward guy, could help a lot of interesting lineups click into place for the magic. There's, there's situations where you can move Isaac to center, and Kaminga at power forward. Kaminga could start at small forward. Isaac at center. Bamba at ce- or or Isaac at power forward. Bamba at center. Uh, I think Jonathan Kaminga. He's a couple years away. Than more so than any of these other guys in the top five, but his combination of athleticism, of power, of uh, just ball handling, is so rare. I think he has the probably the highest upside in this draft. Um, he could be Kawhi Leonard, right? Like that's the kind of player that we're talking about. He has that sort of upside. There are a few teams, even at the top here. I think Detroit, like and Houston, have the 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 playing time available to give to Kaminga. But Cunningham and Mobley are just better prospects. Um, the Magic, Cleveland doesn't really have that. Toronto most certainly doesn't have that. The Magic do. I think Kaminga would be a really nice fit for them, and it would be a good fit for Kaminga as well. I don't know if he becomes Kawhi Leonard, obviously, but I love his potential. I just think he's really raw. He struggled at times in the G League. needs a chance to round out the rest of his game, sort of polish some things up. But if the Magic can do it, boy, have they got that franchise player that they've been waiting for, for a re- since, since Dwight Howard, basically. 
Um, Oklahoma City back on, or, or I'm sorry, on the board here, not back on the board. Oklahoma City on the bar- board here. I think they take Scotty Barnes out of FSU. Um, look, Sam Presti, this is the first of several picks that he's got, I believe. Uh, yeah. Two, two first-rounders. Two first-rounders. Um, could and, 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 you know, 18 more first-rounders in the next whatever drafts, whatever it is. I think the Thunder are an awesome... When we talk about Cleveland at number three as a, an opportunity to trade down, I think Oklahoma City would also be one of those teams calling up with the Cavaliers. And I think that's might be ultimately where it ends up. I mean, if you're the Thunder, first of all, what are you holding on to all these picks for? You have 18 first-round picks coming up. You can't roster all those players, and you still have guys like Shea Gilgis, Alexander, and Lou Dort, who you are trying to build around. I mean, what are you going to do with all these first-round picks? This is why you have them, right? This is why you accumulate all these assets. It's a move up into a draft like this. I don't think you're going to have... I, I I don't think if you're Detroit, you'd come off of the number one pick. The Thunder can throw every single pick that they have at Detroit. There are reports that they like Jalen Green, that they like Evan Mobley. And maybe if the Pistons, for example, are in love with Jalen Green, they can move down to number three. Uh, and Oklahoma City could trade with Cleveland up to number three. Then Oklahoma City moves from three to one or something like that. But um, if you're the Thunder... You've got all these picks. I see no reason to try to stay at six. I think you want to try to get into that top three. Offering number six, number 18, and whatever other future firsts you need to move up from six to three and get Jalen Suggs or Jalen Green, something like that, or even Jonathan Kaminga, could be worth your while if you're the Thunder. If they stay here, I think Scotty Barnes would be the pick. If If Cleveland moves down to six, I think Scotty Barnes would be the pick. I think they're at most teams here at number six would take Scotty Barnes, as Chad Ford told me uh, on last week's podcast. There's a clear top five in this draft, but Scotty Barnes is making a case to make it a clear top six. So maybe there's sort of a clear five and a half in this draft. So the Thunder or whoever here at number six takes Scotty Barnes, but I do think the Thunder are a threat to move up into this draft. That puts the Warriors on the clock at number seven. And this is where things get interesting because. If Chad Ford's right, and there is a clear top six in this draft, well, then you could, in some respects, say the draft starts here with the Warriors at number seven, right? Because that consensus top six is off the board now. And now the Warriors are in a position where they could kind of set the table, set the tone, set the board for the rest of the draft. The other thing with the Warriors is that they're in a position unlike these other teams. You look at Orlando picking after them. Sacramento there at number nine, New Orleans at number 10, Charlotte at 11. These are teams that are at in some phase of the rebuilding process. The Warriors are not. The Warriors want to put that rebuilding behind them. They're ready to snap a, a two-year skid of not making the postseason. They want to return to the playoffs. They want to get back to the top of the Western Conference. So the rebuilding stuff is over. So they can actually afford, and I would say probably should, look at some of these upper uh, uh, upperclassmen that are available in the draft. And it just so happens that the guy who is starting to creep in into this top mix of players, Davion Mitchell out of Baylor, might isn't, isn't just possibly the best player available, but also fits that need as far as the Warriors looking for an immediate contributor, a guy who could crack the rotation today. And that's what they need, right? They need a guy who can crack the rotation right now. This is not a time for upside for the Warriors. You had your upside play last year with James Wiseman. We saw that worked out. 
It's not a loss. It's not a failure yet, but we just know that it's difficult. It's hard. And if you're already trying to work Wiseman into the mix, I don't know that you can afford to work other guys. Like you could go after a guy with a ton of upside like Keon Johnson, but he's raw. He's not able to space the floor. He's not a great fit. Jalen Johnson out of Duke, same thing. Josh Giddy out of the NBL. These guys have really enticing skill sets, but they are so far from being able to contribute right away that I don't know if the Warriors have the playing time to develop the uh, available to develop those guys. I think Davion Mitchell is the best player on the board. I would strongly consider Franz Wagner out of Michigan here. As you know, in the last uh, three Locked On Podcast Network mock drafts, I've taken Wagner here at number seven, and I've taken Mitchell here at number seven. I think the most recent stuff has Mitchell um, being the favorite over Wagner just because of how he's viewed by the rest of the league right now. Didn't measure in as far as his wingspan as long as you'd like at this week's NBA Draft Combine, but plays bigger than his body at 6'2", 205 pounds. You know, plays bigger than his size. Hard-nosed, super competitive. Uh, defends his position at an elite level. You could, I think, from day one, play him in lineups with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. Andrew Wiggins is a small ball four. Draymond Green is your five. I think that lineup works right away, right? And if, if you want to play smaller, if you want to play bigger, you put Juan Descano Anderson in that lineup, right? And in, in certain matchups, you might want another guard on the floor as opposed to another forward. Um, I think it works. I think Mitchell coming off the bench with Jordan Poole and James Wiseman, that's a young trio that you build your bench around. Get a lot of chemistry, a lot of playing time together in that second unit. And then eventually, if things work out, Juan Descano Anderson can be part of that unit as well. Um, they become the starters when Steph and Clay and Draymond age out of their prime. I think this would hit a lot of notes for what the Warriors are looking for. Davion Mitchell could play right away. I think he's able to compete at a high level and could even give you 10, 15 minutes in the playoffs right away. Like I said, the other guy I would look at is Franz Wagner out of Michigan, a 3 and D type of prospect and hit open jumpers, um, defends at a really, really high level at 6'8", 220. Reminds me a little bit of Joe Ingles, right? Not as advanced as a playmaker, but could, at 19 years old, could certainly get there. There's some playmaking feel there. A, a ceiling to his upside, right? He's not a great athlete, not an over-the-rim over the finisher, nothing like that. But I don't think the Warriors need that. They have their go-to scorer in Steph Curry. They have their playmaker, elite playmaker in Jamal Green. They have elite shooting with Klay Thompson coming back and Steph Curry already there. Uh, Wagner can hit open jumpers. He can defend at a high level. He can make the right pass. Great feel for the game. You could just see him easily fitting into Steve Kerr's motion offense and all the things that he likes to do there. But I think that Davian Mitchell gets the nod here. But again, this is just the morning, the, the afternoon after the lottery that I'm recording this. Things can change in the next month. But for now, I got Davian Mitchell here at seven, and then the Magic taking Wagner at eight. Uh, we move down now to Sacramento at number nine. I have them taking Corey Kispert out of Gonzaga. I just think with what they need, you have you have Tyrese Halliburton, De'Aaron Fox, Marvin Bagley. Harrison Barnes there. They need a guy who could space the floor, move the ball, play his role. Kispert is older, not a ton of upside, but can just sort of is a plug-and-play type of guy. I think the Kings obviously want to break this uh, uh, drought of not making the postseason. Yeah, they could go after a Keon Johnson or a Jalen Johnson, guys with a little bit more upside. I just think that the Kings are sick of playing the upside game. You could argue that they probably should take a player with more upside, but Kispert is a plug-and-play guy right now and can help snap their, their starting lineup into place. I think he's an easy fit 
for what they need. And if they do decide, by the way, to move on from Buddy Heald, and I think that they're trying to trade him this offseason, I think this number nine pick is very much in play as far as a trade is concerned. Um, but if they stick here, I could see them just trying to go for the immediate help and taking Kispert. New Orleans is up on the clock next at number 10. We'll get to that uh, here in a moment. But first, let's talk about Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of vehicle makes and models, it can be impossible to stock all the parts you need for your car at a traditional store, so do it easily online at rockauto.com. rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything you need from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all of the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Then write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Let's also talk about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. The NBA playoffs are on, and even though the Warriors aren't a part of it, you can be. Take a look at the spreads, money lines, over unders, and more at Bet Online. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time, updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all of the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website. Or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. Again, you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, moving on to New Orleans here at number 10. They would have loved Corey Kispert. That's the guy that they want. So if he's there at number 10, I think the Pelicans take him. No questions asked. But outside of that, I think they do the upside play here. They take Keon Johnson. I've seen Keon Johnson as high as six on some people's boards. Super athlete, right? Has go-to scoring potential, uh, but really raw, really uh, new to basketball. Started playing organized basketball full-time late in high school, right? But he's uh, he's got a... Uh, uh, Crazy athleticism, is one of the best athletes in this draft. Uh, great frame, physically can guard several different positions. Awesome first step, fast, explosive. It's just really easy to see him running the floor with Zion Williamson, right? I mean, I think the Pelicans over the last few years, they need shooting. Keon Johnson is not a shooter, not at this stage in his career. He still needs to polish up that jumper. But, um, over the last few years, they've made a play, right? David Griffin has made plays for athleticism. Uh, you think about all the guys that they've drafted, Jackson Hayes, Williamson. You think about uh, these guys, they they do love to draft upside and they draft and draft for athleticism. And Keon Johnson's not just the best athlete on the board, but maybe one of the best athletes, if not the best athlete in this entire draft. So the Pelicans take Keon Johnson here at number 10. That puts Charlotte on the clock at number 11. The Hornets obviously need a center, right? They've been trying to plug that in that uh, for years now. James Borrego at the end of the season said, hey, we need to find an answer here at number at center because what we have now is in cutting it. There's a couple of really interesting plays here. I think they could go and probably should go at this spot with Alperin Sangoon, the center out of Turkey. At 18 years old, won the Turkish League MVP, which is not nothing, right? This is a guy, uh, the Turkish League is the second or third best league in Europe. 
Um, and he was playing with grown men, with guys that NBA fans may recognize, and he won the MVP of that league. Super productive, great rebounder, great feel for the post. Uh, he can pass out of the low block. I think that would be a great fit for the Warriors, by the way. Um, if they had not had already drafted James Wiseman, I don't know that you can double down at center right away like this. But for the for Charlotte, Sangoon makes a lot of sense. Think like Ennis Canner when he first gets into the league, and then the potential to develop into somebody much better than that, like a Nikola Vucevic type. Um, I don't know that Charlotte goes that route. The problem with Sangoon, very traditional, right? I think if this were a draft ten years ago and Sangoon was in it, he'd be a consensus top five or six guy. Uh, but because the league is getting away from these traditional type of centers, you wonder with a guy, I mean, he's 6'11", 6'10", 240 pounds. I don't know that he can get out and guard on the perimeter, right? That three-point jumper is not something that he has in his arsenal uh, right now. There's questions about how these guys exist in today's game. I think Charlotte goes in another direction here. I think they go with Kai Jones, the center out of Texas. Not very high on a lot of draft boards right now, but seems to strikes me as a guy who a month from now could be one of the risers that we're talking about. Um, I talk, My friend Jonathan Chucks at The Ringer loves Kai Jones. And I think you look, his potential, I don't think he's as good as Sangun is right now, but he has the potential to handle the ball, to pass, to attack closeouts, to shoot the three-pointer, to guard out on the perimeter. He's lean. He's really raw. He needs a lot of polishing up to do, but the Hornets there... They could afford to take Kai Jones, who's 6'10", 6'11", 210, 220. Um, probably isn't their immediate answer at center. They're going to have to find some sort of stopgap in, in free agency or in this offseason somehow. But I think Kai Jones could be the center of their future and fits LaMelo Ball's window uh, quite well. So they take Kai Jones here out of Texas. San Antonio is on the board at number 12. I think they strongly consider Josh Giddy here, but ultimately I think they go with Jalen Johnson. I think a lot of people look at the Spurs and say, oh, yeah, they love the international prospects. Look at the Spurs draft history recently. They've been kind of going all in on these blue chippers out of Duke and Kentucky and stuff like that. Okay, so don't let San Antonio fool you. They'll make the talent play. They are not averse to the one-and-done type of prospect, even though they have this reputation out there that they love, that they'll always draft the international player. And even though that Josh Giddy is on the board and Alperen Sangoon is on the board, I think they make the talent play here. They go Jalen Johnson out of Duke. This is a guy who could be their new Rudy Gay, right? This is a guy who, at the four spot, can play make for you. Really, really athletic. Really, really strong. Has the potential to guard five different positions. Not a great shooter, but, you know, made, I, I, I think he, he made what? Let me pull it up here. A decent percentage on a small amount of attempts. He had, uh, yeah, he shot 44%, but on 18 three-point attempts. So he's not really a shooter, right? It's not something that's really in his game, but has the potential there. And with the coaching staff down in San Antonio, I think they can get the most out of him. Um, I think they could try to unlock this guy, 6'9", 220, a freshman at a Duke. As long as he passes the interviews uh, to their liking, I think if he's on the board there at number 12, it could be a coup for the Spurs. Indiana is on the board here at number 13. They take Josh Giddy out of Australia. 6'8", point guard. You look at his numbers, uh, 11 points per game. Seven rebounds, seven assists. He is this year's LaMelo ball, right? He's, he even comes out of the NBL just like LaMelo did. I don't think he has the upside or that genius level feel and vision that LaMelo ball has, but he, ha he has great feel for the game. Could be an elite playmaker in this draft. Like LaMelo, shaky jump shot. If that 
if that clicks, if in the NBA, watch out because you may have another LaMelo ball on your hands. You know, I, I still don't, he's not quite the athlete that LaMelo is, but he is sort of this drafts version of LaMelo ball. And if you're the Pacers, you get a guy like that. You've already got Karis LeVert there. You've got Malcolm Brogdon, who's more of an off guard than an on guard. Uh, TJ Warren, you've got guys. I think if you're, but you, in today's league, you want multiple ball handlers. I think Giddy could be not maybe right away, but eventually your primary point guard and and get all these different guys involved. And if Indiana kind of makes it, it with Giddy, Brogdon, Warren, Levert, Sabonis, that could be a really long and dangerous lineup uh, for the Pacers. That puts the Warriors back on the board here at number 14. Uh, I think they would have loved Giddy. I think if Giddy's on the board at 14, they will seriously consider it. Other names, Sangoon on the board. Do the Warriors try to draft him? I know they just drafted Wiseman, but you can make the argument that Wiseman and Sangoon can play together in that second lineup with Wiseman playing more of a power forward role. Um, you know, Davion Mitchell, Jordan Poole, Juan Descano Anderson, Wiseman and Sangoon. I mean, a little low on shooting there, but I don't know. It could work. I don't think they go in that direction. I think there's other guys that they consider. A Moses Moody out of Arkansas. 3 and D type of guy, high floor, low ceiling. Uh, I don't love that he's, what, 180, 190 pounds? Um, yeah, 185 pounds. I, I, I think he's got potential. 38% three-point shooter. Um, I would consider Moody here. I would seriously consider Moody here. I think the Warriors will consider Zaire Williams, the forward out of Stanford. Kind of a fluid athlete, 6'8" kind of uh, needs to be wet to to make his way in, but kind of guy, but a real fluid athlete, shooting, go-to playmaking type of potential there. But I think too raw for the Warriors ultimately to go with. I think they need to go, just like here at number, just like they did at number seven, a guy who can crack the rotation immediately, right? Look, the Warriors don't have cap space this year. They have the mid-level exception, some veteran minimum contracts that they can hand out. The Kelly Oubre sign-in trade is is more of a pipe dream than a realistic situation that they can do. Um, this is kind of their free agency. And with that in mind, if you're the Warriors, you're looking for guys who can step in and contribute right away, even if they don't have the upside that a James Wiseman does, or maybe a guy like Isaiah Jackson out of Kentucky or, or Alperin Sangoon or, or some of these other guys might have, or a Trey Mann might have. I think they go Chris Duarte here at number 14. And I think they strongly consider Moses Moody here at number 14. If they're both on the board, either one of those guys, I'm going to go, I'm going to, I think Moody would be a nice pick. He's getting uh, comparisons to a Mikal Bridges. I think that's a, that's a, that's a pretty good comp, uh, comp for him. He's long, 6'8", 185. Uh, so, and he uses that frame as a defender, good on-ball defender, rebounds, hustles. Um, and like I said, 38% three-point shooter, 82% from the line. I think that he would be um, definitely an option and might be, the ultimate way they go if he's on the board. I think Duarte also could be an option at number 14. You're older than Moody, right? He's 23, Moody's 19, but an even better three-point shooter. I mean, you're talking about Moody being a 38% shooter. Chris Duarte has a body of work where he's an above 40% three-point shooter, shot 42.4% from three-point range last year. Just a knockdown shooter. Just a knockdown shooter. He's got some playmaking uh, to his game. Defensively, he hustles. 6'6", 190, he's got range. He's not as long wingspan-wise as you'd like, but he tries hard. He's competitive. 
and he's productive. Averaged 17 points per game last year in Oregon. I think Duarte would be a guy who can walk in right away, make open shots, compete on defense, and no, he's probably not in your top seven or eight or even nine of your rotation, but he can come in as your 10th guy. I think he's a guy who can absolutely round out a rotation. The Warriors, think about it. The Warriors have eight guys that we know are probably going to be part of your rotation next year. Davion Mitchell could be a ninth guy or whoever they pick at seven. Whoever they take at 14 needs to be able to be efficient and productive in a limited amount of minutes. And with Duarte, the, his ability to just knock down open jumpers, Bob Myers said after the season, hey, we need more shooting. We need more floor spacing. Duarte might not just be the best three-point shooter left on the board. He's probably he's one of the best three-point shooters in this draft. You get him, he's hitting threes at the NBA level day one. I think he can crack the rotation right away. I think he can give you quality minutes right away. I think if he's on the board there at number 14, the Warriors should seriously consider Duarte. They should seriously consider a guy like Moody over guys like Zaire Williams or other guys that might have a little bit more upside but aren't going to be able to hit that right away and not be as uh, able to contribute to the Warriors right away uh, the way that they're looking for. That'll do it for us today. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked on Warriors wherever you listen to podcasts. Rate, review, and say nice things about the show. Locked on Warriors is now on YouTube, so watch the show and subscribe to our channel. You can reach me on Twitter at WC Goldberg or email me at wgoldberg at bayarearenewsgroup.com. Enjoy your day. Thanks for listening, everybody.